This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Connor Orr. I've returned from my Memorial Day hiatus, hiding in the woods. I'm ready to talk about football again. And uh, this week on SI.com, I posted 100 predictions for 100 days out into the NFL season. And I brought Albert Breer in because he's going to tell me, as much as I can prognosticate, 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 predict. That's right. Prognosticate will be fine. As much as I can prognosticate uh, and speak the English language, um, Albert actually knows what's going on in the NFL. So this is going to be good. I'm going to throw some stuff at Albert. We're going to talk about some of the predictions. He's going to tell me yay or nay. He's going to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs we'll down. We'll just see what sticks, right? We'll just see what sticks. Um, there you go. The first one, by the way, how was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. It was good. I went to Game Seven, which didn't go uh, the Celtics' way, so that was fun. And saw some. It was actually like a bunch of my. I had a bunch of high school friends. One of my college friend, my, one of my college buddies, came up for it, and um, it was awesome. The weather was perfect. We went to this outdoor bar before the game. We went to this pizza place in the North End. the uh, The atmosphere in the garden was absolutely incredible. Um, in the half hour leading up to the game, and then the air came out of the balloon. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure out. So, I actually wrote a little bit about the heat today, and and I know that Eric Spolstra um, has had a relationship with NFL teams, yep. and like a, he spent time with Pete Carroll, Mike McDaniel, mm-hmm. a lot of guys, kind of picking his brain. 
super nuts. I mean, Belichickian almost, right? The Heat yeah. have missed the playoffs six times since 2000, which mm-hmm. in the superstar era is crazy. And everyone's saying, oh, well, they have LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. But right now they have, what's that guy's name? Caleb Martin? Right, who Caleb Martin. The- like Jimmy Butler is obviously a great player, but he's 32. And I think he sort of lost his legs like halfway through that yeah. series. And then was able to summon, I mean, he's tough as hell. So um, he was able to summon what he needed to summon in game seven. Uh, Bam Adebayo, like they're, I would say they're definitely playing over their heads, you know? And I think it's like a testament to like, I guess like all of that, like, and I know they have the hashtag heat culture and all of that, but it is like a testament to like what having the right standards and environment and, um, and people in your oh, organization, yeah. how much that means, you know what I mean? Like, cause I think if you ranked like the, I don't know, half dozen most talented teams in the NBA, they wouldn't be on the list. And this no. is supposed to be the most talent driven league in all of sports, right? Like the NBA is the one where you look at it and say, yeah, the best, the, 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 the team with the best players wins all the time. Like that's what happens. And you know, they did it and they wanted a high level when they did have the best players. Now they don't and they're still at that level. And this will be their second time in the finals in three years. It's pretty incredible. It's or second nuts. time in four years, I think, right? Because yeah. that bubble year, it would have been four years. But two times in four years with, I mean, a good team, but probably not the sort of team we're used to seeing on that stage. Yeah. I wrote today that I think I think that the the – First off, I said if NFL owners, right, what they do in the offseason sometimes is they go, if you're a really bad NFL owner, you go and you visit championship franchises mm-hmm. and other sports so your fans don't think you're completely just sitting on your hands and, and yeah. letting this thing burn to the ground. And I said, you guys don't even have to do that. You just have to watch the NBA Finals. Read a couple articles on the Heat. It's it's ridiculous what they're able to do. Like Duncan Robinson, who they mm-hmm. found is, is like a sixth man out of Michigan, how they're able to just find these guys that no one else wants. Then you game plan for their strengths. You protect their weaknesses. And it sounds hard, but it's, you know... well and. It's you know not. what it is, though, too? It's like a consistency. Yeah. It's like in an environment where teams are constantly firing guys and bringing in new guys and resetting the culture and changing philosophies. And remember the Browns went back and forth between being football heavy and analytics heavy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the Pat Riley has been with the Heat since the 90s. And you had that one guy at the top who's sort of been setting the standard all along. So the standard hasn't changed much, right? And like a couple of things have fallen into place for them. But I mean, Spolster was developed by them, you know, like and when a lot of people thought like, oh, like this is the substitute teacher coming in to babysit LeBron and and Bosh and Wade, like Pat Riley really knew what he was doing, putting that coach in that situation, because now we're seeing how good that coach is, you know. So I think it's like a it's a good lesson on like consistency in an organization, what that can do when a standard has been established over decades and also just like identifying the right people, you know what I mean? Like, and like the, a, a certain type of person and, you know, no matter what, like they, they, they've had their ups and downs like everybody else. Like they're never a dumpster fire. You know what I no. mean? Like they, it never looks like they don't know what they're doing, even when they've had their dips. Like they, like it, it, it constantly looks like they've got a plan. Like I always say, like, I feel like the best organizations, a lot of times, like you can look at their plan and you can explain it to an eight year old. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like they're one of those, like where it's like, okay, like, yeah, they don't have the most talented team, but like, 
look at the way the team fits together and look at how many undrafted guys they have and how much of that's been developed from within and uh, and how Jimmy Butler fits into like everything that they've built there over 25 years. So he was the right guy for them to go and get, you know, there are so many things there that happen that look so logical, but for one reason or another are tough to recreate in other places. So this is a good segue into the first mm-hmm. prediction I want to throw at you because um, Spolstra, Pat Riley having this. I didn't ask pod- about your Memorial Day weekend, by the way. Oh, I hope it everything was good. went well. Okay. Um, we uh, were learning to swim, the kids. So very exciting. And um, when you teach a kid to swim, for those of you who have very young kids or um, for those of you who want to reminisce about it, there's just this wild part of the process where they are kind of drowning every second of this process. (laughs) Which is like why you have to do it. It's like a require. It's like I didn't know this before I had kids. It's like as required a part of the process of having a kid is sending them to school. Yes. Because of like the, the potential consequences if they go over to somebody's house and they don't know how. You know what I mean? Like it's like this is like my, my wife didn't want to buy a house with a pool when we were looking at houses because she was terrified of like the kid a kid wandering out into the backyard and falling into the pool. And so like what you did this weekend, like what what, what you're doing now is like I feel like it's like Maybe right there behind sending them to school as like one of the required things now you have to check off, right? Yeah. And it's wild too. I mean, my my wife was an excellent swimmer. She was like a, a junior Olympian, no big deal. Um, but um <laughs> uh it, it was you know, I kinda let her handle the the you know, sort of the machinations of this, but like, I'm standing there being like, Oh my God, like what's going on? You know? And you're trying to like, and she's like, hold on, like everything's going to be fine. And you're just watching the kid like flail a little bit and and trying to survive. Yeah. 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 And so it's like a very, uh, as a parent, it's like a very surreal moment. And then, uh, you know, in two years, they're just going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to jump in the ocean and and everything's going to be fine. You know? So we took like, uh, our oldest, like for surfing lessons last year when we were on vacation. Nice. And I had never done that before. And I really couldn't get up. Like I got up for a little bit, but it's awful. It, it's really hard. It's really freaking hard. And he got like, and he's eight and he's like getting up and surfing to the shore and like waving at me. And it's like amazing. Like how, like, I was in the same situation with him like that you are now where like a few years ago where he's like flailing around and now he's on a freaking surfboard. You know what I mean? Like it's like that stuff happens really fast. And like going through what you're going through, like they click through that stuff so fast at that age, you know? It's wild. And I still can't figure out like, I don't know how to post a, uh, how to post like a video on Instagram. I, yeah. I, I, my son, like, uh, he uh, over Memorial Day weekend uh, w- took the power washer and he's two and uh, shot the ground in front of him. And then so all this mud shot up into his face and we were dying laughing and he was dying laughing. And so I was like, oh, I'll post it on Instagram so my family can see it. I think I posted it eight times because I didn't know that videos oh, became that reels now. And yeah. So they're just not, they don't show up on your page. And so everyone's like, yeah, we saw this, you know, you're good. And uh, yeah, my my kids are figuring out life altering moments and I can't figure out how to use the damn cell phone. So it looked like you were being overly enthusiastic about it. I was like, I just really need you guys to see this piece of child content. Yes. Look at my kids. Um, You're posting uh, it eight different times. Like you will see this no matter what. Look at how funny the caption is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But okay. So, um, 
here's the first one I want to throw at you. Um, we were talking a little bit about consistency in standard and in product. And that's why I kind of have walked into this season um, a little bit of a Patriots believer, more so than I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. This is probably on the bolder end of the spectrum of my predictions, but I think that the Patriots are going to win the AFC East this year, Albert. So that one got a lot. I think that got aggregated up here, right? It sure did. Yeah. Some, one of my I, heard, text, I heard about one, it. One of my friends thought it was me when they saw Sports <laughs> Illustrated. like, how could you think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, settle down, settle down. It I, was my idiot friend, Connor. <laughs> um, so I, I, so this means you think Buffalo is going to backslide, right? I think Buffalo is going to backfire a little bit. I think that Buffalo and Miami and the Jets are kind of going to knock themselves out. You know, I think this division is going to be much more of a survival division this year, mm-hmm. where you could potentially have three to four teams with winning records, maybe four teams. And then um, a team that wins, it has like 10 wins or less. And a wins. team that wins, it has 10 wins. And if, so let's just assume, right? Like if it's a complete and total dogfight, yes, you would bet on the Bills because they're the most talented team. The Dolphins are good, but I think are dependent on guys like Tyreek Hill who tend to wear down at the end of the mm-hmm. season and become a little less effective. The Jets are... A complete wild card. I mean, that team could be six and let's do the math six and 11, or mm-hmm. they could be 11 and six. And I right. wouldn't be surprised either way. The Patriots the 17th game thing still messing with you. Huh? I know. It's, I still, I'm that? still not past it. So dumb. Um, yeah. But New England, I, you know, I went back and I read some of the stuff that I wrote about the Patriots last year. If you watch what Belichick is doing, like, and, and here's what I don't think anyone is talking about like bill is still and you talk to coaches and they'll back me up on this you talk to other people in the league he's still the guy that when other good offenses play the patriots everyone watches to see what he does and they copy Mm -hmm. and if you watch what they did with the dolphins and all the jet motion stuff last year a lot of teams started doing that and it became slowly and surely a little bit less effective over the course of the year. Now, they also have unique personnel that's able to handle that. But, like, mm-hmm. everyone's saying this guy's missing a step. This guy's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. I couldn't disagree more. I think Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. And now you have Bill O'Brien in there. You're not experimenting with the offense anymore. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they can grind it out and win 10 games. So, like, I, I'm coming around on this a little. Yeah. Um, so... I'm going to tell you why I think there's a lot good logic to this. And then I'll tell you why I think there's bad logic to it. The good logic is what you said. They were really good defensively last year, right? They were a mess on offense, but they were really good defensively last year. They're going to add Christian Gonzalez, a corner who could be a real difference maker, like mm-hmm. just an incredible athlete who maybe needs to get a little tougher and grow up a little, but like has all the potential in the world. They're adding, I mean, the, the the young linebacker they have, Mapu, who they drafted out of Sacramento State, I think he could be a little bit of a surprise. Judon's been a defensive player of the year candidate. I think, you know, if Gonzalez hits a corner, then you're sliding those guys back. So, like, your number one's your number two, your number two's your number three, which should help you, you know, with guys like Jonathan Jones kind of sliding down a spot, Jack Jones, too. Um, and so I can see their defense being really good again. You know, their offense, like, you just – I mean, Bill O'Brien's problem in the NFL was never coaching. Right. You you know, 
It was never coaching. Like he was a good coach in Houston. It was all the other stuff. So like I'd agree with you on that front. Like that they look like a more competent person. And I went and saw them yesterday. They look like a, an efficient, competent, professional operation the way they did when a, a lot closer to the way they did when Brady was there than they than they than they would have last year. And they're back, baby. They're already skirting the rules again. I love it. I know, like they're they're I going know. old school. They're just uh, <laughs> um, they're back. Here's here's the problem for me. I really think Buffalo is going to bounce back, and I and I know that sounds weird because they made the divisional playoff last year. I think that was a worn out team last year. I yes. think that was a beat up team last year. I think that was a team that had been through a lot emotionally. And if you look at it, like they had, they were displaced twice by snowstorms. They had the Demar Hamlin thing happen right before the playoffs. Josh Elbo, Josh Allen injured his elbow before the playoffs. Um, Von Miller went down for the year. And I think like, because the Hamlin thing became such a feel good story when he shows up at like the week's week 18 game and they run the kickoff back. Right. Like, and then he's there in the playoffs. You sort of forget about like all that team went through yes, and how hard it was and how I think that was an emotionally worn down team by the end of the year which made them ripe for the picking against Cincinnati in the divisional round when they're playing in a snowstorm. Um, I just think like, if you look at the way that the bills played in September of last year, if that's still there, man, they're there with Kansas city and Cincinnati. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to say, I'm going to give you the thumbs down on the Patriots winning these. I think the Patriots are going to be good this year. Um, I think they'll be right around 500, but a better operation than they were last year. I just, I'd say I'm probably a bigger believer in Buffalo than you are based on, I think a lot of guys going through the reality check of last year where this team has been kind of climbing and climbing and climbing. And this is the first time that they've really dealt with a dip since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been there. And because of the circumstances at the end of last year, I think clouding the way some people look at them. That's fair. Maybe Connor or uh, included. Yes. Um, I mean, listen, this could go one of two ways. Um, and I always said that if the Bills find a way to not make Josh Allen run as much mm-hmm. and not put him in situations where he's more likely to bang up his elbow, I'm all for it. I'm all for this being a 12 or 13 win team. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I just have a weird feeling it's going to be a dogfight. That's... Um, yeah. That's sort of. I mean, my... I think the Von Miller thing's like a really, I, I wouldn't call it under the radar because it's freaking Von Miller, but like I think his ability to contribute this year, like in what sort of form he comes back in from the ACL, um, is is huge for them. You know, like Tre'Davious White last year, like never was quite himself, and if that's what they're getting out of Von Miller, then you know maybe it's a little harder for them. If they get the Von Miller, they were getting. At the early in the early parts of last year, then we're talking about something different. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one I have that I want to throw on your plate here. Anthony Richardson will win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh, I and like that one. My reasoning here is, and I couched it: Bryce Young will lead all rookie passers in quarterback rating. But okay. if we're the voting public, like Bryce Young's not Bryce Young will have less than fewer than three hundred rushing yards, four hundred rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson could have legitimately close to a thousand rushing yards this yep. year 
in that offense, the way that it's designed. I think that Richardson will score more than any of the other rookie passers by a wide margin, and thus, as a voter block, we will have no choice but to give him the Rookie of the Year award. So, like, I, it's interesting because you have two running backs in the mix this year mm-hmm. who, like, I think will be leaned on, and that position generally translates faster to the NFL, right? Like, generally, I think that's fair, right? Like, if I, I'll, I'll, maybe any position on the field, like, the running backs are the ones that are supposed to translate the fastest, right? They also wear down the fastest, but, like, it's like, you know, Zeke Elliott wins the rushing title his rookie year. Um, Todd Gurley was incredible as a rookie. So, like, I certainly think, like, Bijan Robinson and, and Jameer Gibbs would be on my radar when it comes to that. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I would actually... I'm going to give you a thumbs up on this one because I think... Yes. I think, like, I think Shane Steichen's going to be very creative in the way they use him. And, you know, it's interesting. When you talk to scouts before the draft, there was, like, this split. Like, some people felt like he's a year away from being a year away. And then there were other people I talked to that were like, no, he needs to play. You know, like he need like he just hasn't seen enough. Like I'm not like I'm not worried about him like losing con- like just he needs the reps. You know, like he needs to go out there and see it. And I I mean, shoot, you spent like a, a lot of time last year kind of telling this story, right? Like I mean, what better guy than Shane Steichen to build something for him that's going to make him comfortable? I mean, you'd be best explaining that one. Like, because I do think, like, you see the blueprint, like the Jalen Hurts blueprint, and that would seem to, I mean, apply almost perfectly for somebody like Anthony Richardson coming into the league. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, you know, it's funny. I I just heard a couple of these stories about, um, you know, I'm working on my coaching list for this year and how inspired other coaches were by what he did with Jalen Hurts last year and <laughs> some of the most finite details of you know and Philip Rivers told me this about Shane Steichen where Shane will put himself in the quarterback shoes and even down to you know Philip Rivers throws a weird way right yeah. and Shane will understand okay let me try to throw that like you so I know how how it feels when I call this play. And if I'm asking you to throw this route and there's a guy in your face, is that going to mess up your throwing motion? All this stuff gets thought through and thought through and thought through. He's a good people person. That's a good staff. Like I I think that there's going to be a lot of good vibes there. I think Anthony Richardson's going to score a lot of touchdowns. I am. I'm like flirting with like maybe making him like a third round fantasy draft pick this year. Wow. You know, but yeah, yeah, I, like, and I do think, like, there's going to be this element of, like, if you think, like, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are going to play, which history tells us they're going to play, right? Like, like the high first-round quarterbacks generally play as rookies. I think there is, like, an element of both those guys might be further along developmentally, but because of the way Steichen is using Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson is more impressive as a rookie. You know what I mean? Because... He does have like these overwhelming physical traits that Shane's going to be able to, I, I like to 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 highlight, which you know ultimately will buy Anthony Richardson the time he needs to develop because that's sort of the way they w- did it with Jalen Hurts too. I mean, I I can remember hearing the stories of when they, um, you know, when when Nick Sirianni handed over play calling to to Shane halfway through the twenty one season, how 
they basically imported the Oklahoma run game. And that seems counterintuitive. Like, how is that going to make him a better passer? But it just made him more comfortable in general, mm-hmm. you know? And so Jalen Hurts gets rolling. Now he's confident that he can do some things with his legs. That changes the dynamic of what he's going to see from defenses. And now all of a sudden some of the stuff like that wasn't open before is coming wide open for him and it's easier for him. And so just like simple logic like that, like being able to apply simple logic into putting a quarterback in a position where he can do stuff that's going to make him successful from day one and buy him time to develop the other stuff that he doesn't have right now. I think all of that's in play with Richardson and Steichen. And I think, I mean, I haven't even thought about awards yet, Connor, but you may have convinced me. You may nice. have convinced me. I Like when I'm making my picks, I'm going to remember this conversation. Good, good. I'm, this, that's what the 100 predictions is for. It's a uh, it's a cheat sheet for everybody uh, for the upcoming season. I also, um, we're not talking about this one, but I also have Tyler Algier uh, outrushing Bijan Robinson this year, which I, I verbalized I like on the radio yesterday and got one. absolutely demolished for it. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some hits and we're going to have some misses. Um, the third one I want to put on your, on your deck here, because this is a fun one. Uh, I went back. The research was fun here. Christian McCaffrey will be the first running back since 2006 to surpass 20 rushing touchdowns. And remember, from the early 2000s to 2006, we had that sweet spot where it was LT, Larry Johnson, Sean Alexander, and Priest Holmes twice having like 20 to 28 rushing touchdowns over the course of a season. I think McCaffrey does it this year. And the reason why is because, let's say Brock Purdy is the starter. You're not going to want him, especially when you get into the red zone, to be throwing extraneous passes, especially early in the season, if you don't have to. So you're going to be more likely to hand the ball off. And Christian McCaffrey's great in the red zone. If it's Trey Lance, you're definitely going to want the ball out of his hands. And Trey Lance is not, especially on zone read, despite what a lot of people think, is not like that locomotive guy who's going to bowl people over. Right. He's really not. And I think he's going to be more apt to give. I think this is going to be a big, big, big Christian McCaffrey touchdown season. Okay, so I actually think I'm going to go against this one with a caveat. I think he's going to like, I think he could have like 25 total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You think, I it's, think it's going to be mixed up a little bit? Yeah, I think the yeah. Niners are going to be very creative and judicious in the way they give him the ball. And I think, you know, one thing like I I remember hearing from people that the Niners did exceptionally well last year was they managed his workload and it was hidden, but it was like, cause they were giving him the ball a lot. But like one thing, a couple other coaches mentioned to me was like how Kyle was very cognizant of the types of runs he was using him on. Right. Like there was more outside run perimeter runs, like stuff that would kind of allow him to work in space where he wouldn't be taking the pounding quite as much. So they would have a better player at the end of the year. And if that was true last year with another year under his belt, I think that, you know, there could be a lot of situations where you're getting down to the three yard line. And now all of a sudden you see Elijah Mitchell trotting into the game. Fair. You know what I mean? Yes. And and I think that like, I think that that could be a factor here. And one of the reasons why they, they hung on to Mitchell you know, I think is because they 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 see like, all right, like we want to use him as a jack of all trades and we want to have, you know, like high volume with him. And how do you do that? And how do you manage that effectively? So like he's still the player like you had in September and October when you get to January and February. Well, the best way to do that is probably to at least be 
at least be conscious of what you're doing when you're running him inside, when you're you know running more gap scheme stuff with him and going right at the defense and inside zone. Like you, like how often do you want to send him into the land of the Giants? I think that would be the question. Good, fair one. So I'll get a thumbs down on that one. I'm not, I'm not doing great so far. Um, but I think like, but I, but I think your logic is right. Like I think they're gonna get. I think he's gonna get the ball a lot. I just think it's gonna be. I, and I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. I just think it's going to be in different ways. And I do think like, I guess that's like the killer for fan, for fantasy people, right? Like it's like when your guy is like responsible for like 75% of the yards from like the 20 to like the five, and then in comes the backup, you know what I mean? Like trotting in to, 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 to go take the points away. By the way, I do think you mentioned like the golden age of fantasy football back there, right? With Priest Holmes. Oh, and- yeah. I remember the first time I played in like a really organized league. It was like a bunch of my fraternity brothers. And um, I drafted LT first overall. And it was kind of like a curveball pick. And then I think that was the year he either broke the touchdown rushing, rushing record or went for over two that, whatever it was. But that that was also sort of like the last stand for like the bell cow running back, you know, yes. like where everyone had to have a bell cow running back. Like that also I think is sort of where that went away. It's good time. I'm, I think I took Sean Alexander over LT the year that LT scored 28 touchdowns. That might be the that. decision I made, actually. That might be the specific decision. I'd have to go back and look at it, but I think that might be the specific decision that I made. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release 
presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. All right, so the next one I have on here, it's a prediction that I don't really think is going to happen, but I kind of have a take on it, and I know you've been all over this story, so it's more of a chance to kind of get into it, but... I have the Browns acquiring DeAndre Hopkins, and I understand that Hopkins has a wish list. He has places he wants to go. There's complicating factors with salary, with expectations, with maybe what he has left in the tank, which you wrote, which I thought was really good. Um, my thought process is if, if you're the Browns and Deshaun Watson's bad this year, you are going to get buried under a pile of you-know-what mm-hmm. that is deeper and denser than perhaps anything. It would be the most embarrassing thing in Brown's franchise history. And that's saying a lot. And so why not give him a guy that makes him incredibly comfortable and just helps move things along? It would be my only thought process there. I love this. Um, I think, I think it's the most logical landing spot. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it's the most logical landing spot because they have cap space because they have Deshaun Watson because they have to operate with some level of urgency and there is a hole there, you know, like, yeah, you could argue they never really fully replaced or were able to replace the combination of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And I know they never got the most out of Odell there. And I know Jarvis was, you know, kind of winding down. I would say his, his, his career had kind of, you know, gone on the decline um, while he was there. Uh, but like, they really haven't, I think replaced the sorts of threats that they had at those positions. Um, I also think like Buffalo and Kansas City talked to them, right? Talked to the Cardinals about trading for him. I I know like he's interested in both those places. The problem is Kansas City, like the while they were talking about a trade, the deal that Kansas City talked about giving DeAndre Hopkins is very similar to the one that they wound up giving to Donovan Smith. Mm -hmm. So can you do they have the financial wherewithal now cap and cash wise to do another one of those deals after they basically gave smith what they gave what what they were going to give hopkins buffalo i think is willing to do something but it would have to be at a much lower level than what hopkins was looking for pre-trade so like i think to go to either of those places he'd really have to swallow his pride and take less money and you know hope that maybe there's one more bite of the financial apple after 2023 like Cleveland just makes a ton of sense because, you know, again, like the hole there, the the quarterback, you know, I think the concern would be like, you know, you didn't have the best experience with Jevy and Clowney the last couple of years. Like he was okay, but like, I don't know if they ever really felt like that was money well spent. Like I think some of the risks with Hopkins are similar to Clowney where he's not going to be a problem, but like, he's also not going to be the first one in line every day, you right. know? So, like, I I think that that would be the thing that would make them leery. But I love the idea of it. Like, if I'm the Browns, I'd do it. And, and, and especially because you might be able to get a decent deal on him because he wants to play with Watson again. And I think for Hopkins, it makes sense too, right? Like, if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you want to reestablish your, your, your worth and kind of burnish your legacy a little bit, like, if the Browns turn it around and make the playoffs and maybe win a game when they get there, and now all of a sudden it looks like the Deshaun Watson era Browns are on their way up. 
Well, that's now part of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, resume too. You know, yep. whenever he's out of the league, so I think it makes a sen- makes a ton of sense for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I mean, I understand the Chiefs were talking to him, but I don't know. I feel like I'm one of the only people that don't think that the Chiefs need help at that position. Like everyone's saying, oh, they don't have a superstar, but they have every different kind They're of fine. body type, and <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Well, they have Kelsey. Well, they have Kelsey, right? But they have and that, like, and that is Kelsey is their number one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like everybody's like, well, they don't have a number one. It's like the same thing that people would say about the Patriots when Gronk was there. It's like Rob Gronkowski isn't a number one, right? It's like just because he doesn't play like outside the numbers, like, like it's like to me, like Kelsey's their number one, and I'm with you on that. Like, and Kadarius Tony, like you know, why like Sky Moore going into year two, Rice, you know, their second round pick, like. Marquis Valdez, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, like they've got options there. It's not like the cupboard's bare. I'm with you on that 100. percent And if you have Mahomes, like a lot of t- like you have to think about it differently, right? You don't need a number one ride receiver. You need guys of different body types and skill sets to affect defenses differently to give him enough time to do whatever he's going to do because it's going to be brilliant, right? Like yep. you have MVS, you have the big physical burner, you have Tony who's got his own different kind of speed, you have Sky Moore who can get into the backfield. Like I, I think this is this is fine. I think they're fine, and I think Hopkins. I think the worth here and the money is in Cleveland. So I mean, I honestly, dude, like, don't you think? I mean, Donovan Smith, like, I know he wasn't great, but like, that's a more logical, way for more logical. I mean, and I know it's not sexy, but it's like, all right, like, so I guess the problem with Donovan Smith at the end was like a little bit of motivation, right? Like, they, like the Bucks were like, is he going to be properly motivated? And you know, obviously, they're going to move Werfs and all of that, and that's a factor as well. And paying what they're going to wind up paying Tristan Werfs, and it was just time. But like, I think you're going to get a motivated Donovan Smith now, you know. And if now you've got Donovan Smith playing left tackle, that allows you to play Jawan Taylor, who you paid twenty million a year at right tackle, and you've got those like three guys inside in in Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and 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 Trey Smith. Now, all of a sudden, like Patrick Mahomes is like, like the dynamics completely different. You know what I mean? Like, whereas like Hopkins would be a nice piece to add, but I don't know that he would be the sort of difference maker that stabilizing the tackle position would be. Right. I agree. And you need to, Andy Reid knows this and you have Isaiah Pacheco. At some point you have to have, you have to be able to run the ball better than the chiefs have historically. You have Mm -hmm. to start taking uh, stuff off of his plate and uh, the older. It's what they did in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's a move that satisfies that. I don't think they need someone like Hopkins, who's a little bit more stationary now, a little bit more of a possession guy. That helps in Cleveland. Like, Deshaun yeah. Watson needs to generate first downs. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is really good. He's a yeah. great wide receiver, potentially great wide receiver. I think maybe if he gets a second contract elsewhere, we could really see him start to blossom and shine. But do you really want to go with a 31-year-old Amari Cooper in right. people's Jones and Elijah Moore, who had some promise with the Jets, yeah. no doubt. But like, I don't know. I like if I'm Andrew Barry, right? And I know, like, I'm looking up at the ceiling, and it's caving down on me, right? Who's yeah. taking the heat for the Deshaun Watson signing historically? If it doesn't work out, Jimmy Haslam. Right. You think that guy's going to stand up there and be like, "Oh, my bad, guys." That ended up not being the right thing to do. That's on Andrew Barry. Here's the thing, too. Like, if you're talking about like. 
So, like, part of the problem with Watson is they or with uh, with Hopkins is he doesn't practice, right? right? Like, and like, so it's like sort of, and and there's some there's some Julio stuff there too, like where with Julio, if you look back at like Julio, I remember two years, everybody was like, well, why, like, why the Titans only have to give up a second round pick to get him? Mm-hmm. The league had an idea, right. you know what I mean, like of what was happening, and that like Julio had been so beat up that he could barely practice anymore. And even though you looked at like his game logs and it was like he barely missed any time in Atlanta, there was always that fear that he was going to fall off the cliff mm-hmm. and that like all those injuries that he had fought through were going to catch up to him. And then it happened, right? And I, I sort of think that's the fear with Hopkins now. But here's the thing about that, right? Part of it is like if you're another team, it's like, well, if he can't practice, then how is he going to build a rapport with our quarterback? How is he going to learn our offense? How is he going to do – it's much less of a problem in Cleveland, yeah. right? Because Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins have known each other since Deshaun was like 16 years old. And they played together for, what was it, three years? Three or four? Three years in Houston. Mm -hmm. And they were, and, and, and Hopkins was a superstar. So, like, the learning curve for Hopkins going into Cleveland, especially when, like, the Browns are retrofitting their offense to fit Deshaun and doing some more things that he was good at in Houston. It's going to be much easier to assimilate him with the practice issue being taken into account in Cleveland than it will be a lot of other places. All right, so I get a thumbs up from Albert on that one. I'm uh, I'm back on track here. Uh, I have two more for you. Uh, one yep. is one is one is well, I'm not going to do Super Bowl picks yet because okay. we need we need time to think about that. We need a chance to uh, to get through on that. So here's. Here's one of mine. I think that um, I think Josh McCown either gets a head coaching job or gets very deep in the process for a head coaching job after this year. What do you think about that? I like that. And I think if you want to come up with a formula for it to happen, and I would say yes. You know, part of it is that they're like that whole like idea of the young offensive mind. So many guys have been picked off. Right, mm-hmm. like that, like the well isn't exactly overflowing with like these like thirty something early forties like quarterback centric offensive coaches, right? So who do you have right now in the pipeline? I mean, Mike Kafka, Ben Johnson, Brian Callahan, Ken Dorsey, like that's probably the group, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's not like the competition is like overwhelming where a guy like Josh McCown couldn't overcome it. The other thing is, like, ex-players have done a pretty good job yep. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, Dan Campbell in Detroit. If D'Amico has a big first year in Houston, people are going to start to put this together, Connor, yep. where you then have, like, three guys who rose through the ranks, like, really quickly, but had all of this playing experience. Like, I remember talking to Vrabel about this once, and I was like, well, like, is there anywhere that you feel like you need to catch up because you don't have 20 years of coaching experience? He looked like, looked at me like I had three heads and he was like, what you mean? Like 14 years playing doesn't count. <laughs> like when I was playing outside linebacker, that doesn't count as much as like some guy, like cutting up tape in a back room. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, but I think that there's real logic to it. And like, so, you know, I think Jeff Saturday was like that trend going too far. Right. Yes. But like, if you look at it, like it's not like that's not working. It worked for Tennessee. It worked for Detroit. 
And now, like I think, you know, I I I, I think the world of D'Amico Ryan. So I think it's going to work in Houston, whether it's this year or not. It's going to work. I just think that this trend of players being fast tracked. Gerard Mayo is another one who's going to be in that mix. Players, ex players being fast tracked into these roles is coming. That trend is coming, and. You add to that that Josh McCown was a quarterback, and you could definitely see it coming together for him. I think even if Bryce Young has a medium to medium good first year, I think that's a trampoline effect for him. I really do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think and, that— and, he, and he's—I mean, look, like, I know he kind of became a uh, like an example of everything that was wrong in the NFL— because of like, you know, oh, well, this guy's being elevated too fast. And there's a very fair argument there. This is a guy who more or less was a coach the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like the difference he made for the younger players that were in those rooms, like the teams were hiring him because they wanted him around their young quarterbacks. Well, why do they want him around their young quarterbacks? Because he brought value to them. Yep. You know? So I, I do think like that there's 100% a scenario where Josh McCown gets fast, fast tracked and we're talking about talking about him being a head coach somewhere at this, at this point next year. All right. Last one. We're going to have a little bit of fun. And, um, I was oh, you're gonna, ahead now. I think it's three to two yet a thumbs up to thumbs down. Right. Mm, okay. Good, good, good. Um, this, so either I, either, either we think the same way or the predictions weren't so bold. <laughs> This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release. 
presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This one definitely on the outer extremity of bold here, but it was funny. I, I wrote this prediction early, la- like two weeks ago, and then the morning that the predictions post came out, um, Mike Florio, who I love at Pro Football Talk, did an item on this. Um, but I don't know how we can overlook the fact that the Cardinals were an absolute dumpster fire of an organization last year. Uh, they are maybe going to be the worst team in football this year. And a generational quarterback named Caleb Williams is at the top of the draft working with Cliff Kingsbury, who just got so burnt out there that he had to go to Thailand for a week. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying if Cliff is a player's coach, if Caleb Williams, if the Cardinals have the number one pick and Drake May hasn't clearly overtaken him at some point, don't you think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be like, yo, buddy, look at how much <laughs> NIL money you've already made. Spend the year training with me. Let's hang out together and enter the draft next year. Don't go to Arizona. It's going to ruin your life. Yada, yada. Like, how aren't we talking about that? And how aren't we talking about the fact that the Cardinals are probably going to have one of the top two draft picks? And and this is with all due respect to Jonathan Gannon. That's a bad, it's a bad roster. And Kyler Murray's not coming back. No, it's clear what they're doing. They're clearing the decks 100%. Yes. And they're they're doing it on purpose. And by the way, like, I don't even know if it's tanking because I think it's the right thing to do. Like they, they were relying to. on some players that were freaking ancient. Like JJ, I mean, and no, no offense to anybody, these are great players. But JJ Watt, AJ Green, Rodney Hudson, like all of these guys, yes. like that's who they were relying on. So, in fairness to the to to Jonathan Gannon and Mont- Monty Austinfort, like this had to happen. You had to, do you know it. what I mean? You can call it tanking. This had to happen. Yeah. How aren't we talking about the fact though that the Cardinals are probably going to have one of these top two picks? And. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but Kyler they're, and, but they're yeah. probably not going to keep Kyler Murray either. You know, like, right. it's just like, like, and, and then, you know, well, I don't know. I, well, I just look, think this look, whole thing is my understanding. It's my understanding that part of the equation with DeAndre Hopkins was culture, right? Was that he didn't fit into what they're trying to build there. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Kyler? Right. You know what I mean? Like if they're emphasizing that, what does that mean for Kyler? Who had to have like a clause put in this contract on that? You know, I, I just, I'm with you on that. I I think it's going to get Connor. This is going to get fascinating fast. I think like by November 1st, like, do we see the most active trade deadline of all time? Because we have bad teams that are unloading players in a effort to retool with an eye on the two guys in college. Like, let's imagine uh, here's how I, I, you know, Arizona is going to be there. I think they're already, you know, whatever in NASCAR, it's the pole position. You know, they're the number one pole position right now. They're saying like, look, we've already done it. We're here. We're bad enough. We are going to start the season bad. And and like the the, the Caleb Grand Grand Prix. Yes. In the the Grand Prix to Caleb. (laughs) By the way, I've been getting a lot of texts, uh, people saying that Drake May is better. Okay. Admit, then put your Mad Libs. Caleb, the Caleb and Drake Grand Prix. How about that? Yeah, Caleb and Drake Grand Prix. Or the kid from Tulane. I was watching him, the um, the homeschool kid. Oh, yeah? Have you watched him? Um, no, I haven't. Hold on. Uh, best 
Um, I think he's going to be, that was another one of my bold predictions. Tulane will have its first quarterback uh, drafted in the first round since J.P. Lossman. This kid, Michael Pratt, he's okay. like a uh, he's like a homeschooler and just showed like up and started like, lighting the world up. Like he's just taking online classes now or is it homeschool? Well, homeschooled like through high school, I think. And then yeah. uh, like was very late to the position, but he's really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Cardinals are already out front of that Grand Prix, mm-hmm. but like you know, by November first, right? There's going to be a couple other teams that are probably within a distance. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe I don't know. Um, maybe the Bears. Maybe right. I'm trying to think. I mean. I mean, it's hard at this point of the year because it's all like, you know, sunshine and rainbows and all of that, like for, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, Houston, who knows, like they, I mean, I think that they get better under D'Amico, but it's certainly possible that they're Boy, down there, Houston, Washington, maybe. What do you I do mean, if you're Houston, by the way, and, huh? and you took Stroud this year and then you bought him out and the Cardinals have both of those picks next year and you're nowhere oh, near a general like holy uh, smokes <laughs> yeah yeah wow um anyway yeah, i mean because then it could have been like well we could have just had we could have just taken two position players and then we'd have a quarterback now right so i'm just saying anyway this was that was my last one it's like not even a prediction but it's just like i'm just saying I'm just saying the Cardinals thing could get weird. I'm just saying we should be talking about it more. I'm just saying that it's wild so, to me. I, I think, but you said like, we, I, I read that, like you were saying that you think he could stay in school or he could take the year off or. I mean, you could go back to, I mean, if I was Caleb Williams. I mean, right? I would think the I would think the play then would be to pull an Eli Manning, right? Or to pull an Eli Manning. Yeah. Right. Like, which is like, I'm not playing for you. Which by the way. I need to correct the record one last time on this because I'm not writing that post again. Two years ago, I wrote that Trevor Lawrence should pull an Eli Manning and not play for the Jets if the Jets get the number one pick in the draft. Then the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer. Then everybody called me an asshole for the whole season. But I ended up being right. I it am, all worked out. I, the I end. am yeah. right. <laughs> I was right. Damn it. And, uh, and you know, is that kind of surprising though? That it's been almost 20 years and no one else has tried that. Caleb is one of those guys that can do it. Yeah. Caleb is definitely have, definitely has. And for everybody who's, I've heard a lot of this, like, well, you guys are always talking about next year's guys. Different. No, like that. That's not what this is. <laughs> like, this is like legitimately like I talking to teams. It's like, oh yeah, I was studying the USC so-and-so, or I was studying the Oregon linebacker. And I, my eyes kept getting drawn to Caleb Williams, you know? And then there were some teams that were studying both draft classes. Like, they were studying the quarterbacks this year and who's going to be available next year. And both those guys. Like, the the Caleb Williams thing, like, I've heard, like, the Mahomes comparisons are completely legitimate. And these are teams that have studied him already. And then you've got Drake May, who the, the comp I've heard on him is Justin Herbert. So, like, that's two pretty good like pretty good starting points going into what everybody thinks is going to be the last year in college for those two, you know? So I would say like I was, 
I, 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 I was the one who two years ago got killed for saying none of the quarterbacks are that great in next year's class. Then we had the Kenny Pickett class, right? Yeah. And like last year I said, good, not great. I think I've got a decent track record on this. Like next year is a real class. Like next year is like, all right, like once we get to, again, November 1st, like if I'm one of these teams that's like one in 10, I'm probably going to be conducting some, how should we turn this, Connor? Creative roster management? Yeah. If anybody needs, um, if any teams are out there listening, you can read Gary Grambling and I's investigation into Hugh Jackson's tanking allegations. Yeah. It, it's all spelled out for you, man. You're allowed to, the owner's allowed to walk into the coach's office and slam a brick of cash on the table and be like, hey, it'd be great if we had a higher draft pick, just so you know. That's, that can happen. And you, t- you too can get Caleb Williams out of it. The Browns, well, they well, they got Miles Garrett and almost uh, Mitch Trubisky. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, so just just start up those Zach Ertz uh, trade rumors now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, it's always good to end on a conspiracy theory. That means I feel like I've done my job for the day. Hopefully, we can get you guys all fired up going into Memorial Day or post-Memorial Day weekend. This is the hangover weekend. This is when you guys sort of just get your you-know-what together um, and, uh, you know, maybe get some of that yard work done. I have a bag full of mulch outside. Thanks for Albert, as always, for coming. The MMQB NFL podcast is produced by Shelby Royston. Mark Mravick is the emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit and Rec League basketball three-point assassin Gary Grambling are the founders of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.